some of you have heard me do this before where I preach uh, from a song that I sing part of the song and then um, preach from that and the biblical text as well. And uh, today I'm going to be preaching, uh, well, singing a song uh, that a friend of mine wrote, and a guy named Aaron Schurz. went to high school with him, and now he's out in Nashville writing country songs. And uh, I got to hear him sing this song just a few weeks ago and thought to myself, that'd work really well in a sermon. That's got some nice biblical allusions there. And then we ended up today with the parable of the weeds among the wheat and thought, well, this is perfect. So um, I'm going to be singing the first, uh, first little bit of a song called Wheat and Weeds by Aaron Schurz. raised where the tractors go round and round spent years as a banker in a high-rise downtown he moved on back home when the bottom fell out now he's up on that John Deere again he says he So let's get the uh, obvious stuff out of the way first. If you're praying for sunshine right now in Houston in the middle of the summer, please stop. Um, and secondly, way to go, preacher man, for seeming to contradict Jesus right out of the gate on this sermon. It does seem rather odd in response to the parable of the weeds among the wheat to say it doesn't matter if we're wheat or weeds. Jesus seemed to be saying that it's pretty darn important. What this song is really about is about the idea of bad things happening in our lives um, and accepting that fact and realizing that it sometimes feels like we're weeds, like we're the unimportant uh, things because bad things are going on, but we accept that fact and life's still going to be okay. That's kind of what Jesus' parable is about today. God allows bad things to happen, even to his faithful people. God allows there to be 
weeds among the wheat. God allows there to be weeds within the church. And God allows us to treat each other badly and to make poor decisions and to do the wrong things. And God allows those weeds to continue because as much as it would be great for there to be nothing but wheat, God knows we'd be worse off if God suddenly pulled all of the weeds. The roots of the weeds and the wheat are all intertwined, so pulling the weeds would mean pulling the wheat as well. So God allows the weeds to remain. God allows there to be sin and evil and poor decisions even within the church. Some of us ask why. I mean, some of us wonder, you know, God, why did you let this happen? Or sometimes we wish we could just say, or we wish maybe God would just say, zap, and somehow present, prevent us from doing any some hurtful thing. And presumably God could, but when or how often would we have God prevent us from making any poor decision that we would ever possibly make in our lives? And if our choices are basically between acts of loving God and loving people on the one hand, and not really so much loving God and other people on the other hand, would we then have God prevent us from ever doing anything that wasn't loving God and loving people? Well, if we did ask God to do that, and God actually said yes, then we could never actually love anyone at all. Love requires a free response not to love. And so God allows us, even within the church, not to love God and not to love each other. God allows there to be weeds among us and within us. God allows the bad. And at the end of the age, all causes of sin and all evildoers will be destroyed in the end. And all that will be left of us is the good. God will redeem the church from the ways in which it goes astray. God will redeem us from the ways we turn away from God. And so we live in hope. Hope that Jesus' words are true, that God will redeem us. As Paul writes, we wait for the redemption of our bodies. We wait for the weeds within us to be burned out of us when we're remade. In the meantime, then, how do we live with the weeds? In short, we seek to build one another up in love. We, we recognize that all of us have both wheat and weeds within us. And we look at each other with compassion. We recognize that by and large we're all finding our way in this life. And at times we're all kind of blowing around in the breeze. We recognize that while we all have some weeds in us, we also all have an awful lot of wheat within us. We may not be able to destroy all the weeds, but we can help each other to encourage the wheat to grow. In that sense, it doesn't matter if we're wheat or weeds because we're all both. And we all need each other. In the end, we're all tangled up in each other's salvation. We're all a big field of wheat and weeds. And this is a message we need to remind each other. We're all a big field of wheat and weeds. And this is also a message we need to bring to people who are not a part of this field of wheat and weeds we call the church. We need to look at outsiders with the same love and compassion with which we look at each other. In Matthew 9.10, Jesus was having dinner with a group of sinners. And this was just not done. You were supposed to tell the sinners they were sinning, not have dinner with them. And when asked about this, Jesus replied that he had come to call sinners because folks who are well don't need a doctor. Jesus was then asked why he didn't fast all that often. And he said, as long as I'm here, we're not going to fast. Eventually I'm going to go and y'all can fast then, but for now we're going to do things differently. 
New wines, Jesus said, require new wineskins. When a new situation arises, you need a new way of doing things. So I thought, in thinking about this passage, what if the new wine was not only Jesus being there, but also these sinners being there? And the new wineskins was also having dinner with these sinners, rather than simply blasting them as being sinners. Maybe just reminding people of their sins wasn't working anymore, if it ever did. Maybe they needed a new way of inviting people into the God love life. So Jesus hung out with sinners. Eventually he would tell people, go and sin no more. But first, he had dinner with them. He showed them something of the God love life before seeking correction. In saving the people of Israel, God didn't first give Israel a set of rules, cut them off for not following them, and then say, too bad, I'm not going to save you. No, God first redeemed the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. Then God gave them a way of life to follow him in fidelity and love. Perhaps folks who aren't living a gospel kind of God love life don't need to be blasted as being sinners, but need to be invited into the God love life. For folks outside the church or for folks within the church who have turned away, we don't need to say, you're a sinner and you need to stop sinning and come be with God, oh wicked, wicked sinner. Maybe that worked for some time in the church. Maybe it never really did. I don't know, but there, there seems to be an awful lot of people who do that. And we've got a, that's an old kind of wineskin way. But we've got a lot of new wine out there. And we need some new wineskins. We're in a world with people who are hungry for God. And there are a lot of folks out there who are tired of being blasted as sinners by well-intentioned, self-righteous folks within the church. We need some new wineskins. We need to say to folks outside of the church, come be with God and in this community of love. And then we can work together to help cultivate the wheat instead of the weeds in each other's lives. We all have wheat, and we all have weeds. The good news is that God loves us even with our weeds. The good news is that with our weeds, God calls us into the God love life and doesn't destroy us by pulling all the weeds, but helps us cultivate the wheat even with the weeds. That's the good news, and a good life folks can be invited to share. So in the end, it doesn't matter if we're wheat or weeds, because we're all both, and God has redeemed us. Amen.